Hi everyone and welcome to another sauntering podcast with me, Paul White. I'm coming to you from the beautiful town of Weymouth in Dorset by the sparkling blue sea. It never rains, it's always sunny. This podcast began during lockdown. We galloped through or sauntered through many, many books of the Bible now. I'm a disciple of Jesus and my job is to encourage you and encourage other people to walk with him. saunterers welcome to another saunter on a rainy day it's a rainy monday but hey we have got jesus with us so we're doing good so i'm excited to be sharing from one peter chapter three today we've been sauntering through this book and peter is um digging deep into some real challenging issues for us and the probably nothing much more challenging to the human psyche to the human spirit than the subject of submission and he's been in the previous chapter in chapter two he's been talking about the heart of Jesus and how we should submit to those in authority and even be willing to submit to our bosses or our masters if we're slaves which is an awful thing to think of but this was the cult this was very prevalent in the time of Peter but he's saying, actually, that submissive heart is something that we see really beautifully embodied in Jesus. And I think that's one of the most profound challenges about Jesus is that he is God. And in, in um, Philippians, Paul tells us that even though he was in very nature God, he didn't consider equality with God something he had to fight for because he had it. He took even in spite of all of that. He took on the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself. He, it, the, the word is he emptied himself of all of that that he could have kind of clung to and fought for and campaigned for. That he is God. He shouldn't have to behave like this. And he humbled himself. He took on the nature of a servant and being found in likeness as a human he. Uh, I'm probably now in danger of misquoting it, but he became obedient. He submitted himself. He became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we have this picture here of Jesus who is has this incredible submissive heart. And so to God the Father, and he does it in faith. He submits his heart in faith. And so even though he's equal. And so now having that in our minds, he's talking about, he, in chapter two, he was talking about servants and masters and this kind of business and the suffering of Jesus. But then he flip, we flip the page in my Bible, goes over to chapter three, and we're talking about wives and husbands. And so this is where it kind of, the rubber hits the road for many of us. Good morning, Makola. Dobry den. Yaksprava. So he says, likewise, wives. Likewise to what? 
likewise to Jesus. Likewise, wives. So most of us would say, yeah, I want to be like Jesus. That's my goal. I, and that's my desire is to be more like Jesus. Well, here we go. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word, they be, may be won over, or sorry, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Verse 3, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold um, jewellery or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious right now we've been talking we've named this saunter series precious and it's peter is making this comparison he's saying about what is precious and what is worthless he's saying actually there's something that god considers incredibly precious and we're going to come to that but let's just let's just back up so he in in the culture peter's writing um in that culture, there, the treatment of wives and women generally was appalling and they had no rights. They were just considered to be um, property of the man. And the man could, you know, entertain himself, certainly within the pagan world, with with whoever, male or female, he wished to. Um, but he had a wife to produce a family, etc. And, you know, that was so it was a very um, exploitative type of relationship. And actually, Peter is saying, um, wives, you be submissive to your own husbands. This is the man who you have to um, consider. But remember, let me just back right up into chapter 2 again. Because Peter says, live, in verse 16 of chapter 2, he says, live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So it's, there's a kind of paradox there, isn't there? High era. There's a paradox there because he's saying actually live as people who are free, but don't use your freedom to kind of do evil, but actually live as a servant of God. Remember that you're a servant of God. So even So somehow by submitting our hearts to God himself, we actually become truly free and there's this kind of lie out there that if that freedom is just being able to do precisely what i want actually if we're living like that we're a slave to sin the apostle paul says and so living as a servant of god is actually true freedom and so he's saying live as people who are free but then he's saying actually within that context submit to your husbands so even though you're free Submit to your husbands. And this is kind of diff perhaps difficult for contemporary listeners, this idea that somehow we could be free by submitting to somebody. And so this is not the kind of tyranny and patriarchy that women have rebelled against. And in some cases, rightly so, I would say, this is actually a an order that God has established where the husband is in God's eyes, the head of the, the family and therefore accountable to God for the family. So, the, let, but let's just go on through it a little bit. So some of this stuff gets very misrepresented, I think, and has been misrepresented throughout history. So he's saying, actually, 
even the so remember he was talking about submitting to masters who were not good or kind and he's saying actually even if your husband is not a believer still give him that respect still honor him as the head of the family still submit your heart to him somehow and this is challenging so but he says so even if some of them do not obey the word remember Peter is trying to help people understand that in this world we're only pilgrims we're only traveling through we're temporary residents we're in if you like internally displaced persons we're living in this world but we don't really belong here so actually what's going on here isn't our ultimate destiny it's it life can be short but it can be long and sometimes when we're in a difficult relationship life can feel incredibly long and but he's saying actually you're here think about it as a mission to win your unbelieving husband and see so he's saying that they can be one when they see your respectful and pure conduct so that you're not putting them down all the time and you're not trying to be off with somebody else who's better or whatever and so he's saying but then he goes into this so he's saying actually see your husband as somebody who needs to be one who needs to be saved verse three he says do not let your adorning be external now listen to this <laughs> women say they dress for other women i'm not going to get into all of that kind of arena but there is a thing where beauty in this world is highly prized and it always has been and it was never more so than in the time of Peter and the Greeks had this idea of paragons and this idea of beauty and they made these sculptures where beautifully formed women beautifully formed men um, with all the exact right muscles in all the right places and you know exactly lovely and they had these images adorning their public baths and the Romans were the same and we've got some just down the road from us in the city of Bath and so there was this real high value placed on external beauty but what's really interesting is the Greek word for adorning that is used here is also the word that speaks of the world so it comes from the word cosmos and so we get the word cosmetic from it but that's the word cosmos is the order and the beauty of the universe and the created order. And he's saying, don't let your cosmos, if you like, don't let your world be just about what's external. Can you hear me? Whether you're a man or a woman, this is really important. Do not let your adorning, don't let your cosmos be external the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold or jewelry or the clothing you wear of course we're going to wear clothes in fact Jesus says don't worry about it because actually your father will clothe you well if the father didn't want us to be clothed he'd just leave us naked wouldn't he so he does want us clothed and actually I believe he cares about the clothes that we wear and it, that I think Jesus is implying that in his um, description there in his little narrative there but he's but but Peter's saying this this shouldn't be where your beauty comes from your beauty should come from inside and he's talking to women and and I and apparently so but there there was a huge culture of women in Peter's day buying wigs can you believe this blonde wigs from Germany and wearing these wigs to make themselves look amazing 
And there's always been that kind of competitiveness, hasn't there? Certainly higher up in the sort of social stratas where people compete to be considered very beautiful and to be beautiful is a is this sort of somehow noble and grand and great and wonderful. And he's saying, actually, that isn't where your beauty should come from. Your beauty should come from inside. He says, but let your adorning, let your world, if you like, let your cosmos, let your let the thing that defines you be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Now, the feminist movement objects to the objectification of women, where women are seen as a commodity, where they're judged by their beauty. Actually, what Peter's saying here is actually completely in line with that. He's saying, actually, your beauty shouldn't be coming from just external things. I don't think, I may be wrong, I don't think God wants us to go around dressed in rags, looking impoverished, looking like no one loves us. I think he wants us to take care of ourselves and there's plenty of evidence in the scripture that we should look after this body which is his temple and that to be unkempt and all that kind of thing. Mm, it just isn't kind of fitting, but he's actually, but he's just saying, get it in perspective women and men get it in perspective that actually external beauty is something that perishes it fades and he's remember what Peter's talking about he's making this comparison between what is precious and what is worthless and he's saying actually even the most gorgeous beautiful drop down dead amazing beautiful woman or man even their beauty is gonna perish. He's he's even said that, hasn't he? In the previous chapter, it's like the the grass or chapter one. He says the grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Every single old person that we know who is covered in wrinkles and maybe their hair is falling out, maybe they can't walk. They were young once. They looked in the mirror and thought, oh, yeah, like it. Hot, you know, and they looked in the mirror and saw something young and beautiful looking back at them or at least young with nice tight skin and no wrinkles and a belly that stayed put and, you know, the rest of it. And every single one of those dear precious old people were young once but now they're old and we don't look at them and think oh aren't they stunning but we might think what a beautiful person they are because we can see their inner beauty shining out and I think what's interesting is that <coughs> that actually Peter's saying there's something much more profound than the external things that people make such a big old fuss about and he says that it's actually interesting because even in Samuel, when they're looking for a king, the Lord speaks to Samuel in a rebuke. And he says, Samuel, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. This has always been the truth. The Lord is always looking on your heart, whether you're a man or a woman, whether your muscles are all nice and defined <clears throat> as a guy or whether you've got the perfect figure as a woman or whatever it is beautiful skin doesn't matter God is looking on the heart and that's the thing that he considers to be precious and that's what Peter's encouraging us and urging us to pay attention to the inner life and so whether we're a man or a woman we need to pay attention to our inner life 
and actually submissive, having a submissive heart to those in authority over us for whatever reason or authority towards us, should we say, might be a more friendly way of putting it. Whatever reason, if it's the traffic warden who's given us a ticket, do we have a submissive heart to them or do we want to fight with them and get out of the car and make a big scene? Actually, come on, because the heart is what God is interested in. So verse 5, he says, For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their husbands. So they, they saw that as a way of making themselves beautiful. And they ordered their world, you could say, around that kind of place of, um, I'm settled over it. It's not an issue for me. Um, By submitting to their husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. That word there is kurios, which is actually the word we have for king. So that's bizarre. I mean, you can't imagine certainly an English woman calling her husband, O King, unless she's completely taken the mickey. But um, they, this is this submissive heart. And as morning sky, morning Sveta. Um, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you her, are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. That's an interesting little ending there. He's saying, actually, um, um, you, you want to be aspiring towards being like Sarah. And actually, don't fear anything that's frightening. That's a really interesting little way to finish that because he's saying, actually, you women who are able to have that inner life, you've got a courage and a confidence in God that enables you to stand up to intimidation and you're not afraid of it. And so don't be don't. This is not about becoming a downtrodden, beaten into a corner, little dormouse of a woman. Absolutely not. This is about someone who's free on the inside who is is voluntarily adopting this um, posture towards the man that God has put in her life number seven verse seven listen to this likewise husbands likewise to what likewise to what we're talking about the submissive heart of Jesus who submitted his heart to the father and even endured being treated badly for stuff he'd never done for he wasn't guilty of anything and yet he was treated so badly and he's saying verse 7 likewise husbands so just in case husbands are reading this thinking yeah yeah women need to oh, my wife needs to submit to me actually come on guys wake up read the whole thing please hello sky in autumn And he says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. That is that word knowledge, gnosis, which is um, which means just have your eyes open. Understand what's going on here. Learn to get get to know your wife and learn about her and learn what makes her tick. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honour honor to the woman as the weaker vessel there's the bit which i'm going to come back to don't don't jump on me since they are heirs with you of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered now let's just make a disclaimer we all know that there are women who are stronger than a lot of men and perhaps most men and there are some women who could run a lot faster lift a lot heavier stuff and jump a lot higher and pole vault higher than me 
That's a fact. I'm relatively fit. I'm relatively strong. But actually, there are women out there who could leave me in the dust. And if I went for a run with them, I would be literally eating the dust off their trainers as they left me behind because they're so fit and strong and so sharp. There are ladies at the gym who can lift heavy stuff and all that kind of thing. And so he's not saying necessarily every woman is weaker than every man and therefore they need to be... He's not saying that. You really need to read what he's saying. He's saying... We, and he talks about understanding, and that's what he's. That's the crucial thing here. He says, with in an understanding way, showing honor, and actually, the reality is that on average, a woman will be physically weaker than a man, but in God's order of things, God has said, "I wanted, I want this woman to be protected, so that throughout the course of her life, not just when she's competing as a." a top world athlete but when she's having babies and when she's in um you know in those times of her monthly cycle whatever where she's vulnerable we're as the husband our job is to take care of that woman with tenderness and showing honor to the woman and recognizing that she's different and that she needs treat she needs to be honoured for that difference and it pains me to absolute death um, that a man could somehow think that by by having some surgery and wearing different clothes that he can become a woman oh my goodness I've been married to the same woman for 34 years I've got three daughters and one granddaughter and I'm telling you we are so different Men are so different. We cannot even begin to know what it is like to be a woman, to have the menstrual cycle going on, to be affected by the change of life, to have babies, to carry babies. We cannot even be... It's. I don't want to get off on a rant, but you hear me. And so husbands, don't even presume that you you, you can work it all out because the rules are so different and the the woman is different to the guy that's just how it is and God's ordained it to be like that and like the friends say viva la difference you know come on who wants everybody to be the same anyway anyway so right back into the text so he's saying showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you or co-heirs joint heirs um, of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. And do you know what? God is interested in what goes on in our house and in the four walls within our marriage. God is interested in how we speak to our wives, how we speak to our children. God is interested. And when we get up and pray a fine sounding prayer, but there's a wife who's being treated badly, God is like deaf to that prayer. It's like, don't even, don't even think about it. And there are many scriptures throughout the Old Testament that will underline and back up this. And, and so likewise, husbands, we have a submissive heart as well. So even though um, in God's scheme of things, there may be headship, which is from the husband, there is also that mutual submission. And Paul talks about it in Ephesians. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So it's it's mutual. 
but it, at the same time there is a there is a mystery of headship within this whole thing that God is ordained and God is planned and so husbands live with your wives in such a way that God is able to answer your prayers or God is able to look you see God is still looking at the secret place of your heart so husbands if your heart is secretly looking at someone else's wife then that will hinder your prayers if your heart is secretly scanning through pornography on your phone when you've got a spare minute that will hinder your prayers that is not living with your wife with understanding do you understand what i'm saying so hear me guys there is a god is the 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 beauty of the inner person that he's talking about here towards women same is true for us guys we need to attend to the inner life of our relationship with god that is not just the department of the of our wives but that is for us all and he says finally all of you so likewise wives likewise husbands finally all of you have unity of mind sympathy brotherly love a tender heart and a humble mind do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary bless for to this you record that you may inherit a blessing i'm going to stop there so all of us we are to pursue unity we are to love that um brotherly love within the body of christ within the church we are to um have a tender heart sympathy unity of mind brotherly love tender heart these things are all issues of the heart they're all things that god considers beautiful let us give ourselves to those things and and i taught verse 9 to my kids when they were small do not repay repay evil with evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary bless for to this you are called you are called to be a blessing that you might inherit a blessing remember peter says you are a royal priesthood one of the jobs of the priest was to be a blessing to speak a blessing to deposit a blessing wherever they went and this is our call for to this you were called that's why the issues of our heart are so important because when we speak out out of the overflow of the heart jesus says the mouth speaks we can't deposit a blessing we can't impart a blessing if our heart is full of evil where we want to repay someone evil with evil or where we want to revile someone and we want to rant on about them and dismiss them and pour scorn on their lives and the way they do things actually if we're speaking like that when we open our mouths to speak a blessing it is hollow and empty and of no use to anybody so dear friends have an amazing day and may god bless you and may you be a blessing wherever you are so if you're listening to this later have an amazing day and god bless you lots of love If you've enjoyed this podcast, that's brilliant. That's exactly what I hope for. Please do share it, like it, pass it on, get it out there. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day.